Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Everybody and happy game day. What a big time day for college football and obviously for the University of Tennessee. It's number one, Tennessee, according to the CFP at number three, Georgia. We'll dive into all that here on the VFL Players Lounge. I am your host, Eric Kane. This is the VFL Players Lounge. It's brought to you by the Volunteer Club, powered by Spire Sports. Couldn't do it without those guys. So big thank you for making this game day podcast over here at VolQuest.com uh, possible each and every day. But Man, what, what a showdown coming up today between the hedges. It's 8-0 Tennessee, 4-0 in SEC play. It's 8-0 Georgia, 5-0 in SEC play. And a couple of VFL is going to join me to break down, preview this matchup, and let's get to him right here. Bringing him, bringing him back here, I believe, for the third time on the VFL Players Lounge, our guy Jonathan Wade, former Tennessee back. What up, Jay Wade? What's going on? Game week. It's a, it's a big one, man. It is a big Huge, one for man. sure. And joining... Jonathan Wade is fan favorite Jason Swain. What's up, Jay? What's going on, guys? All right, so Swain, let's kick it off here, man. It's Tennessee, Georgia. First and foremost, did you imagine playing a a big a a big time football game at this point in the season before the year started in terms of undefeateds, top fives, SEC championship implications on the line? Did you envision this game being as big as it is now heading into it? I didn't think it would be, you know, one versus three. I did think that uh, Tennessee had an opportunity to to possibly go to the SEC championship uh, off of this game right here. Uh, you look at last year's game, and Georgia uh, was so stacked with talent. And Tennessee missed some shots. Offensive line wasn't able to hold those guys back. Uh, but at the beginning of the season, I felt like, you know, Tennessee's offensive line was better. Uh, Hendon would be better, offense would be better. And there was an opportunity to possibly beat Georgia and get to Atlanta. I did not expect that Tennessee would be undefeated at this point. So, hey, man, kudos to the players, the coaches, everyone involved uh, for putting Tennessee in this position. But it's going to be one hell of a game, that's for sure. Yeah, Wade, man, how, how big is today? How big is this matchup, Tennessee and Georgia? And have you been waiting for uh, as an alum and – a former player, have you been waiting for these type of games for, for quite some time? Absolutely. I mean, uh, when, you, when you bring up the Tennessee-Georgia game, this is one that really, 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 really matters. Not that the Alabama game doesn't matter, but this one matters a lot. You know, this one kind of, um, especially over the past, like, decade, this, is, this has been a game that we always we have to get over, I guess, you know what I'm saying? We have to play Florida. Florida's a big one, but this is the one that's matter, especially with the the run that Georgia's been on, on the, in, the, in the past few years since Kirby Smart's been there with the recruits. Like, their secondary that they have is unreal, and they're young, you know? They got a lot of good recruits. They got some of those recruits that you see Bama getting all the time, um, which, as time carries on, you know, hopefully it's going to switch over to – 
to, to us in a few years. And, and well, you know how the revolving door works for recruiting, but this is a huge game every week. And it's, I mean, every year, and it's down in Georgia this year. Um, <laughs> being number one versus number three is unreal. I'm happy for it, but I know we still got to play football. We got 60 minutes of football to go win um, come today, and, and, and it's not going to be easy. Yeah, we got a lot to talk about here over the next 35 minutes or so. VFL players line with Jonathan Wade and Jason Swain. I want to get into this Georgia matchup. That'll come later in the show, of course, breaking down how to stop Stetson Bennett's I had to stop Brock Bowers. Big loss for Nolan Smith on the edge there for that defense. How can Tennessee take advantage? I want to get in all that. I want to talk about um, this number one ranking for Tennessee, and could this be a distraction in the locker room? But obviously just a, you know what an accomplishment there. But right now, Wade, I want to go back to you, man. It's something you kind of were saying. Neither one of you guys were from the state of Georgia, but so many – players in the current locker room over the past years there's a lot of good football players that come from the state of georgia yeah for so sure. you go back down in there to athens this game still means even more so than a rivalry even more so mm -hmm. than another win on the schedule this game feels like it means more for so many in that locker room simply because they're going home absolutely and anytime you get a chance to play in front of family and friends it's always you can ask jason about anytime we played against alabama i mean he he has a different type of edge when you talk about Alabama, just like me versus um, LSU, there's a dip. There's going to be something else deeper down inside where you want to do your best and show your family it was worth, you know, leaving the state and going to another school. You know, um, the locker room, I'm sure. But the locker room, I'm sure, has been intense and focused since week one. You know, uh, this is just this is it's not just the next game, but it is the next game. I mean, um, this is the, the 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 next one that we've had. We've been battle tested all year. We have been. We've been battle tested all year. We've won games in ways that you know are unconventional. They haven't always been blowouts, but this is a big one. And and I believe that everybody knows that we got to stay focused. We're coming in the underdog. You know, no one thinks we're going to win except for us. It's kind of weird. Tennessee's ranked number one in the college football playoff rankings number two in the AP, number three in the coaches, whatever. And then it, it, it's an eight-and-a-half-point dog, or at least it right. was a point in times this week. Right. Just weird. That doesn't happen a whole lot. Um, Jason Swain, Tennessee, continues to roll, and this young man right here continues to roll. What is what is going on with number 11 and Jalen Hyde here? Well, I mean, his mindset has, has been adjusted. It's shifted from uh, last year to this year. started in the – winter conditioning portion uh and then led to the spring and the summer and that's why he's having these results i mean it's no surprise so you gotta get the credit to him uh caught over fifteen thousand balls during the summer um you know he's been humbled and uh he's focused right now and uh he continues to be humbled not allowing um the success to make him lose sight of what got him here so i mean you you add that with Hypo and Goch's ability to scheme up and, and find opportunities for him to get open, man, that's why right now he should be the Belitnikov uh, leader for the best wide receiver in the country, and he's shattering school records left and right. Jason, this isn't a position Tennessee's been in, in, in you know, a long time over the last 10, 15 years or so, but it has been before. But, mm -hmm. I, I mean, you mentioned it right there, Belitnikov, and, and I 100% agree, but I mean, hell, he should be getting some Heisman love, too. And I understand you got Hendon in that locker room. Hendon's thrown in the football. The campaign is for Hendon Hooker, and I get it. But, 
I mean, what Jalen Hyatt's doing right now, stat-wise, I mean, that's Heisman-worthy as well. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I mean, Devontae Smith uh, at this point of the season um, has some of the similar similar numbers. So you add in the opportunity to play in the SEC Championship game. That was what Devontae Smith was able to do and balled out that game. So if, if Tennessee can continue to win uh, and play some special games, then – Sorry. <laughs> had a little dog there. I don't know if your dog likes uh, likes Jalen Hyatt there, Jonathan. Uh, yeah, that's, why That's why he's barking. We're talking about him. <laughs> well, when you uh, when you look at what Tennessee's done, obviously Jalen Hyatt's been balling out all season long, and he balled out against Kentucky and everything. Uh, Jason, did you see Tennessee? Um, I mean, I think everybody picked Tennessee to beat Kentucky, of course, but did you see Tennessee – putting the butt whooping on them 44 to six. Did you see it kind of playing out that way? Because the offense did what it did, but the defense is what kind of stood out and, and was the main storyline. I saw Tennessee scoring 40 plus points. Uh, I did not see defense dominating the way they did uh, special teams dominating the way they did. I mean, you had a kick out of bounds. You had a missed field goal. Uh, make sure that's your point. But outside of that, uh, you had a, 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 a pump that was almost blocked for Tennessee that caused Kentucky to shank it out of bounds. Uh, you had a block extra point. You had two kicks down inside the five-yard line. And then you had a great return by D. Williams. So Tennessee just really dominating the special teams. And then defensively, uh, multiple sacks, interceptions on Will Levis, three there. I mean, it was a dominating performance. Uh, you had one of the best running backs in that conference not re-enter the game. And um, that game, that game was over, man. Uh, it was pure domination. Tennessee probably could have hung 60 uh, against Kentucky on Saturday night. So I uh, did not see that type of domination, but I feel like Tennessee was a whole lot better than Kentucky and would, and would win by double digits. Jay Wade, I bet your play of the game is probably my play of the game, and I bet it's, I bet it's this right here, Danico mm-hmm. Slaughter. Bam! For I sure. mean, from a guy who – Hadn't played a whole lot of football in terms of defense. I mean, he's been here for a couple of years, playing some safety the last couple of weeks, and then, oh, yeah, McCullough's back. Let's just slide you outside to play cornerback. I mean, what type of performance does that take? I mean, and, and then just the the wherewithal to go make plays. He created two turnovers. That one right there right. popped up. Juwan Mitchell got the interception. He had a pick later on. I mean, what a day for Danico Slaughter. Unbelievable, especially just to be thrown into a new position like that. The amount of confidence that that instills into the player, along with the um, with the unit, you know, to be able to just plug. I'm impressed by Turnage as well. Turnage played on um, what? Yeah, but Slaughter's performance was amazing. I, I didn't expect that either. Now going into any game, defense to always seventeen points or less. You know, three turnovers. Um, especially going against someone who is supposedly really good. And I, I'm, I'm air quoting it because um, everybody comes in with the name. Everybody comes in with some type of hype. Everybody's supposed to be good, you know. So Will Levis had the, the the stuff around him. But to come in and lock in with a guy in a new position and to be able to go make plays and not just, as you saw, it wasn't just when – the guy caught the interception after he hit. It was the after effect. It was the guys blocking. It was them trying to um to try Oski, Oski. You can see it. You can see the intensity behind trying to score. It wasn't just about the hit. They weren't satisfied there. They were trying to go punch that thing in the end zone. Like we have a unit um 
which is very impressive. I mean, um, Young up front looked great, um, as he has been all season. His unit's coming together well, and you're going to need that um, down the stretch, especially the more the better teams we play. We're going to need a defensive unit that can get some stops. You know, since he's getting healthier at the cornerback position, you know, Kamal Haddon, Christian Charles, how close is he getting back? But, you know, you saw Brandon Turner's get back into the fold, and, of course, you know, you got some other guys. Danico Slaughter's proven that he needs to be getting some snaps, sure. whether it be at safety, star, quarterback, wherever. But I want to ask you, because obviously you played defensive back at a high level, it just looks different with him out there at corner the other night. He's physical. He even told us after the game, he's like, I like playing in the box. I like hitting people. Um, I like that physicality out there. I mean, we just haven't seen that from any Tennessee cornerback, really, in a seat of any, any Tennessee defensive back this season. Right. I think that's good. I, I think uh, Danico needs to needs to stay back there and, and continue to play somewhere because I think he's earned it. The uh, the, it, it's funny that the defense. I mean, not the defense. Uh, the defensive secondary and the offensive line are so similar, and a lot of people aren't aware of that. We do so many drills that are actually they 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 mirror themselves because they have to work on their feet just the same way that we have to work on our feet. Um, and on the offensive line, you need an, an absolute dog. Every time you have an offensive line, you need someone that's pushing people after the pile. You need someone that's going to protect the running back, protect the quarterback. You know, he's going to fight really fast. You need those type of guys in your unit. In the secondary, you need the same thing. You need some people that will absolutely irritate you, that are physical, that are fight, that are rough around the neck, you know, that you might have to be concerned about because that edge strikes fear at times in receivers. You know, it's an attitude that you got to bring to playing defense. It's an attitude, and he has it. And you're right. He absolutely needs to be somewhere on the field every snap, wherever that is. Jason, what did you think of the defensive performance? Um, you know, obviously, I, I don't think anybody saw giving up 205 yards total offense and six points, but it's all tied in, as uh, as Jay Way was just alluding to. You know, defense gets pressure, creates some things in the back end. Do you think this type of defense now, and again, the big reason why Tennessee was number one, the committee chair said, hey, it's defensive performance at LSU and it's overall win in Alabama and it's it's defensive performance against Kentucky is a big reason why Tennessee is number one. Do you see this type of play defensively kind of sustaining uh, to a certain extent? Because that, that was that was really good. I mean, Georgia's a hell of a team, uh, Eric. So are you looking for the same performance against Georgia that you that you got against Kentucky? I mean, I know Tennessee wants to play that way. I don't I don't see that happening because uh, Georgia's a better football team. But after Georgia, absolutely. I mean, I can see Tennessee's defense locking things down uh, with the rest of the schedule. But, you know, this defense in this team, they've gotten better each and every week. And that's the name of the game. If you want to compete for a championship, you got to win, uh, but you got to improve each and every week. And you can't peak too early in the season. I feel like Tennessee has not done that. Their worst game was against Pittsburgh. After that, Tennessee's gotten better each and every week in all phases, and there's been a new guy that has stepped up um, for Tennessee. This past week, it was Danico Slaughter, right? Uh, we mm -hmm. saw Florida. It was Romel Keaton. So um, you want new guys stepping up during the course of the season, so that way when you play a team like Georgia, all of those guys are counting on to step up and make plays. And I think uh, with the health improving um, from top to bottom with our roster, man, you get an opportunity to go down there, uh, and, and beat Georgia. You really do. Yeah. I mean, just like Alabama, it was, you know, the first time in a while that you went into the game saying, okay, not only can Tennessee play with these guys, Tennessee can win. Tennessee can win this football game, feel the same way about Georgia. So 
Tennessee's 8-0, smacked up on uh, on Kentucky last week. And the first, the annual you know college football playoff rankings, the initial ones come out this past week. And you knew Tennessee was going to be ranked in the top four, okay? It had the, you know, of Ohio State, of Michigan, of Clemson, of Georgia, of Alabama. I mean, you know, Tennessee had the better strength of schedule. Tennessee had five ranked wins. So it wasn't a matter of, was will Tennessee be in the top four? It's kind of just like where, right? Mm-hmm. Jason, were you surprised Tennessee was number one? I think they got it right. They had the best resume. But were you surprised that Tennessee was number one? And what's that message to the team in the locker room, you know, Wednesday morning when they got there to practice? I wasn't surprised. I felt like Tennessee should have been number one uh, the whole entire time. I thought they had the best resume. Uh, I thought they had the best strength of schedule. Uh, they beat Alabama, beat LSU on the road, dominated them. Uh, and then you dominated Kentucky. Um I just I felt like Tennessee should have been number one. Uh, I didn't really care if Tennessee was going to be one, two, or three because I knew that if you took care of business against Georgia, you would be one after this week. But uh, I thought they got it. I thought they got it right, hundred percent. Um, the key with this this football team is Josh Hype was transparent with his players. Like old school coaches would tell you, block out, block out the. We're not talking about the ranking. We're not talking about the ranking. Well, you got social media. How can you not talk about it? Everyone's talking about it. And you see that everyone's talking about it. No, you embrace it. You talk about it. Hey, yeah, we number one, but this is what it means. It means that if you don't take care of business, you can be outside of that number one ranking mm-hmm. in three days. You got to go handle business. It changes nothing of what we're trying to do, what we are doing. And you just relay that message. And those guys will buy into that the same way they bought into everything that you told them uh, to this point of the season. So, I love Heupel's approach. I mean, you just you sit down and talk about it. Yeah, man, you go. Guess what? Here in a couple of weeks, maybe already, you guys are gonna start having agents talk to you. Hey, man, we we get it. I used to be a player. I understand. But when that happens, this is what you need to do to stay focused on the team goals. Because if 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 we win, the team wins, everyone's going to eat. But you don't hide your players away from that. You don't put earmuffs over them. You talk to them about it. You're you're transparent. You're honest, uh, and you you'll go a whole lot further. Uh, I think with your success, if you take that approach. I mean, this is the third time Tennessee's going to be playing or you know involved in a football game where College Game Day is going to be there. The third or fourth time they've been on CBS. I mean, another sold out crowd. And, and again, so Josh Heupel's mentioned this something you just you just spoke on right there, Jason, about not hiding from the moment, not blocking out, embracing it because again. It, it truly is impossible nowadays with social media and everything to block it out. You can't do it. So embrace it. I, I just think that that's such a great mindset to have and such great, um, you know, leadership inside that locker room from a head football coach, Jonathan. Because, uh, again, yeah, he's played. He gets it. But to embrace it, but to not let it be your identity because your identity should still be the way you prepare. You go about your every single day of practice and all that type of stuff. Yeah, for sure. The worst thing that, um, and I'm not going to even speak that into existence, but the worst thing that happens is when you get full of yourself and then you get your bubble burst. So staying locked in, realizing, okay, this is, this is what it is, but this is also something like Stephen A said, this is fluid. <laughs> you know, this is, this is fluid. You know, this can move. If, if, if we don't handle our business, we won't be ranked here. So you can be happy about it for right now and then lose, or we can get back to you know, get back to work, understanding that we're going to get everybody's best swing. We're going to get everybody's Super Bowl right now. Every time we play, people are going to, you know, we're not, we're not a secret anymore. 
everybody thinks we should be ranked number one, right? Not just Tennessee fans. So we got to stay at it. And we're getting healthy, like we've been talking about. Um, we've been getting better this entire season, which is probably to me the most underrated. Look at our offensive line and from where it started to where it is now. We don't go into a game as concerned. Not that we may have at the beginning, but you all you kind of don't know. But the offensive line has been unbelievable. And to hear that from a defensive back is, inc is, is incredible in itself. But as we continue to get better and better and better as we have all season, I, I think the coaches is, is doing it correctly, like what Jason swayed. Don't don't run from it. Don't hide this. Let's let's talk about it. This is where we are. This is what it is. This is what it's like being good. Get used to it. How about that? You know, can you guys handle this? Because oh. when, when you're one of those groups, you have to be able to, you know, sustain your success year in and year out. I like it. I like it. I want to ask you guys this. You know, this hasn't always been the case, but. And if you guys see it differently, please tell me. I mean, there's always going to be some haters out there. There's always going to be some people with an agenda uh, that, you know, seemingly just don't like your team, don't like your program or whatever. But, Jason, I feel like from a national perspective, you know, people like Tennessee. Maybe it's because you just knocked off Alabama. Maybe because it's a fun, you know, high-octane offense and all that. But have you kind of got that sense that Tennessee – you know, against against Alabama, Tennessee was a media darling. Everybody wanted Tennessee to beat Alabama. I don't know if I, I feel that strongly about it just overall, but do you feel like Tennessee's kind of getting the benefit of the doubt with it in terms of the the national media and the talk shows and all that because it's it's fun and you know it's it's a team people can root for, I guess is what I'm saying. I think people like Hypel and I think people like this offense. Other than that, <laughs> I don't I don't I don't think people like Tennessee. I think people like the idea of a new team rising. Yeah. This is what happens. There's a cycle that takes place with individuals uh, and teams. The new team gets the love. I remember when the Patriots won their first Super Bowl, everyone loved the Patriots. Oh, man, Tom Brady, you know, was a backup and, man, you know, won a Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he was liked. And then there was a shift. People started hating the Patriots. Why? Because they were winning so much. And that's happened – you know, it happened with Alabama when Nick Saban won his first championship. Like, no one hated Alabama like they hate Alabama now. Um, the Warriors in you know, NBA, Golden State, everyone loved Steph Curry until they started winning too much, and then people wanted to see somebody else win. So people man, people are ADD, man, honestly. They just they get, they get tired of seeing one team win and dominate, and then they want a new team to emerge. So now Tennessee – it's just that new team that people like. But if Tennessee ends up like Alabama or Georgia and has the opportunity to win multiple championships and actually win multiple championships, I can promise you right now, promise you guys right now, that all that love is, <laughs> is going to go away. I can promise you that. Remember Tim Tebow? Everyone loved Tim Tebow when he was ascending. And then when he got to the Broncos, oh, they were talking about how trash he was. Get him out of the league. He's terrible. Because he, he reached that peak. And so people – it's a cycle, man. People like seeing, you know, teams and individuals rise, and then it's all about the teardown after that. Yeah, Jason, nobody wants to see Cavs Warriors round four. Sorry, in the NBA Finals. It's same team, same matchups every year. I mean, we, we got sick of that, Jay Wade. I can watch the Warriors until I'm 85. <laughs> I, mean, I, I can't, too. As long as like, Steph, man. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel you. But, but saying, like, the Warriors were getting – 
getting hate. I get right, especially yeah, when they got the KD. Same, yeah, they're the same team. It wasn't fair when they got KD. They were cheating. Yeah. It wasn't even fun anymore. I get you. I know what you're but saying. But people don't like the Warriors as much now as they did when they were chasing their first championship. I want to get into Georgia. We're going to take a, 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 a breather here in just a second, but I do want to ask you one more thing, Jason, uh, before that. Uh, you had a chance to uh, do a little sideline for the Ball Radio Network. I would mm-hmm. imagine that was your first time. How was that, man? How was that experience and, and seeing the game from a different uh, kind of a different level there? No, it was it was it was real cool. It was real neat. I got a uh, you know new respect for um, announcing during the game, um, being able to you know hear Brent Hubs and um, you know Pat Ryan and Bob Kessler you know, do their job. Um, man, pros, and that's difficult to to, to do. So. Uh, being on the sideline, having a different view, reporting on potential injuries where Tennessee didn't really have any. Kentucky, uh, Hyatt, you know, kind of had a, his funny bone hit a little bit and had to shake that out with his shoulder. Um, and interviewing Josh Heupel at halftime and having to be really quick with your questions and get in and get out. That was something new, but it was it was certainly fun and really cool to experience that that view uh, of it for sure. Hey, just watch out, though, man. I've been doing sidelines for high school for – on Thursdays for the last five years, never been hit in my life. I got hit for the first time last week. And How about that, whew, I mean, I hadn't been hit like that since the football days. I'm going to tell you, I'm a little, I'm still a little sore a week later. So <laughs> hey, head on a swivel. Uh, always head on a swivel. I was, I was really uh, mindful of, of that, the ESPN card, uh, making sure I didn't get run over by that thing. Dude, uh, that, that, that will, that'll play you over for sure. Yeah, but um, I was right there when Jabari Small caught the touchdown in the end zone and, and Hendon threw a, a great ball that uh, made Jabari kind of stop his feet, turn around and catch it rather than leading him to the corner of the end zone. Um, because I don't know if I would have tried to help Jabari not hit the pad. I probably would have just moved out of the way uh, and just let Jabari hit the pad. So my bad, Jabari, because we both can't be getting hit on national TV. Uh, only <laughs> one of us got pads on, so yeah. I got to protect my body. Um, but no, man, that's that's something I was thinking about during the game is making sure that uh, I stayed away from any action on the sideline, not getting run over and not getting run over by the uh, ESPN cart on the side where the guy uh, maneuvers with the camera. Yeah, and uh, yeah, you're going to be down there for the rest of the season, so we can look forward to that if you're listening on the yeah. Ball Radio Network. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So awesome. going to, I'll be down there in Georgia, man. Be down there in Georgia and then back home, Missouri, and then uh, – South Carolina and Vanderbilt to close close the season. So man, I'm looking forward to the opportunity, and uh, it's been fun so far. I want to hear some. Re- I want to hear some reporting, actually, or uh, obviously, but I want to hear some Booger like analysis. I know a lot of people don't yeah, like Booger McFarland, but not a Booger Mobile. But when he was that third, pretty much analyst down there at field level, I thought that was so cool. I love that. So you know, may- may- maybe that could be a variation with you with the ball that radio network. Yeah, I've been getting some tips from uh, my man Cole Kublik, uh, who does a great job with SEC Network, and I'm uh, talking to Jeff Francis, and um, you know DJ Shockley does the same thing for for Georgia. So uh, I've been talking a little bit with him this week, um, but I'm looking forward to it. I mean, it's it's going it's to be a you know fun new challenge, and hoping to bring a lot of value to uh, the broadcast, and um, you know helping our listeners as they're watching the game and listening to us. Uh, be able to you know enjoy the broadcast so it's all about it's all about the viewers man and listeners 
I grew up in that household back in the day where you would mute the TV and turn on the radio. So I know what you're saying. Hey, we got plenty more here with the VFL Players Lounge. Going to get to specific matchup, and I'm going to ask these guys about those matchups. Tennessee and Georgia, Jason Swain, Jonathan Wade. Appreciate you guys for uh, joining us here today. And don't forget, hey, the VFL Players Lounge, it's brought to you by the Volunteer Club. It is powered by Spire Sports. Let's get a, uh, a quick word in from our friends over at the Volunteer Club. The game has changed and Spire Sports is here. With name, image, and likeness arriving, your orange fandom can now be put into action. Visit thevolunteerclub.com and become a member. 90% of every dollar generated through the Volunteer Club, powered by Spire, will go directly to athletes to improve the student-athlete experience at Tennessee. It's not just about winning the next game. It's about next season. It's about the next generation. It's about the Tennessee legacy. Join at thevolunteerclub.com. That's thevolunteerclub.com. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. All right, guys, welcome back into the VFL Players Lounge. Again, as we just heard, it is uh, brought to you by the Volunteer Club, powered by Spire Sports. I'm Eric Kane. I've got Jonathan Wade and Jason Swain on with me here today, breaking down Tennessee and Georgia. Really looking forward to it. Um, guys, Georgia's Georgia. Georgia won the national championship a season ago. Georgia had a generational style of a defensive play a season ago. Georgia's still good. I mean, still good on paper. Georgia's still a good football team. But, Jay Wade, what do you think in watching Georgia and kind of scouting this, the, scouting them this week a little bit? What do you think of Georgia this season with Stetson Bennett, Kirby Smart, and, and all the Bulldogs? I think I'm I'm interested in the fact that they, you know, their schedule, uh, who they've played thus far versus who we've played, like how battle-tested, and nothing against them because they are the defending national champions. Um, and they recruited great, you know, and um, their secondary looks amazing. But I really want to, you know, they had the, the test that they've had this season, their strength of schedule has not been like ours. So I'm thinking that if, it, you know, if, if there's anything that gives us a real deal, I don't want to say shot because I, I don't think that we have a shot. I think we have a really good chance of winning. I feel like they still have to stop what we do on offense. I think you have to go into this week. I've mentioned this before. It's like playing a team with a different style of play, Air Force, Army, something like that, where you have to completely change everything that you do. So I think that they're going to still be stressed out to do that. But, I mean, they're still good. They were number one in the country until what, like two days ago? <laughs> and, and I'm sure in some polls they still are. It's, it's you know, it's not going to be a laydown. It's not going to be like any other game that we played thus far. We got to find a way to stop these two gigantic, ginormous tight ends that they got, um, along with these running backs that they just breed. I guess. I guess they just breed running backs down <laughs> in Georgia. 
But um, it's going to be a test. But I think if any time was the time to do it, this is it. This is I don't think this season is a season that we've had that that is just a fly by night, a fluke type of thing. I think this is year two of the hypo system, year two with Hooker in there going with it with the guys. Um, the receiving core we have, I feel, is the strongest receiving core in the country. I, I mean, do. It, it, it's firm. And, and Jason, I mean, you had uh, you had Jalen Hyatt's earlier this week that says he was asked how good it was to have Brew McCoy back into the fold. and Or sorry, how good it was to have Cedric Tillman back in the fold. And he was like, man, I mean, who are you going to stop? You got to pick one. You got two more over here. So, I mean, it's, it's going to be deadly. I, I will say this, though, going back to Georgia – those wide receivers are not that impressive. And hear me out here. A.D. Mitchell's not hasn't, hasn't played in a while. We'll have to see if he plays today. But you've got Lad McConkey, who is kind of their, their go-to wide receiver. But they throw it to the tight ends, as Jay Wade just alluded to. And also, throw it to the running backs. Kenny McIntosh is third on the team. He's the starting running back. He's third on the team in receptions. So they've got great offensive numbers. Stetson Bennett's having a really good year statistically throwing the football in terms he's already you know almost amassed 200 uh 2400 yards this is an offense that maybe not won't stretch you vertically like tennessee will but man they're humming right now it's going to be a challenge yeah i mean mcconkley can run past you i mean yeah. i mean you could do that he could do that so if you find yourself a man-to-man coverage because you're trying to stop the run and um you, know, you gotta be careful he, he is fast enough to run past you uh you know Karis jackson he's played a lot of football um, you know, he's made some big plays against Tennessee in the past there from a slot position, but their offense coordinator um, has said they they lack dynamic playmaking ability on the outside. Um, A.D. Mitchell is out. He was there, take the roof off the covers type of guy. Um, but it's about Brock Bowers and, and Darnell Washington getting the ball to those tight ends and, you know, letting those guys – um, get big chunk yards in the passing game. I mean, you can't allow that uh, to happen. You know, games like this is all about stopping the run first. There's no doubt about it. Tennessee's pretty good at that uh, in the country. We know George is good at that uh, as well, too. I think the key is, you know, Stetson Bennett. Look at last year, the Alabama-Georgia game and SEC championship game. Uh, Stetson Bennett was, was not – he was not great. He was okay. But he made some mistakes, had some interceptions, and that led to Alabama winning this championship game. Well, you look at the college football playoff, and Georgia spanks Michigan. Uh, big reason why is because of the talent. But Stetson Bennett was on fire. Stetson Bennett played better uh, in the last two games of the season than he did in the SEC championship game. So it's always going to come down in games like this to the quarterback. And it's going to be the same way, um, I think, this Saturday. But um, it's, the, it's those tight ends. Tennessee had – a little bit of an issue um, holding up Alabama's tight ends um, in, in coverage. I anticipate that Brock Bowers is going to get his. I anticipate that Darnell Washington is going to get his. What you can't allow is that the you can't allow the receivers to have their best day of the season when we know the offense coordinator and the offense staff they don't have the confidence in the receivers, uh, which is why you see a running back third on the team of receptions, which is why you see. You know, Brock Bowers being moved around on offense uh, and they've made uh, an effort to get him the football because they don't have anybody else on the outside to give the ball to. So um, they're going to get there. They're good players and the game plan is centered around them. But you can't let receivers have a career day. Jonathan, 
two questions. One, if you're Tim Banks, what are you doing to try to slow down this Georgia offense that is second to Tennessee nationally? It's it's really, really good. What's your answer for those tight ends? And two, as a defensive back, I mean, Brock Bauer's a big guy. He's an athlete. He's, he's a good player. Darnell Washington is the biggest human being with a football in his hands I think I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> How excited and what's your strategy for taking down a mammoth human being like that? All right. First, I'll start with the with the tight with the size of the tight ends. You know, God just gave them good size, and there's absolutely nothing you can do about that. <laughs> um, going up, just 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 a fact. Go up in the air before they go up. You have a chance. That's a fact. The first person in the air wins. I hope the DBs understand that, especially with those guys being bigger. Go up first, even if it doesn't feel right. To give yourself a chance but hey I, I, I truthfully i see it more like a basketball team you're about to play the warriors you just it, it, who do you have to take away the bill belichick mindset i would take away stop the run you have to stop the run that's the first goal every week 17 points or less three turnovers we get all of that i'm gonna take away the tight ends i'm gonna treat bowers as if he's devin hester when they would put devin hester on offense and the entire defense would just yell out that hester's on the field Every single play, they need to find Bowers and make sure he is bracketed. The next person to find is the other tight end if he's on. Force them to make the wide receivers win. That's what I would do. Force them to make, just like what Jason said, do not allow them to beat you with the superstars because then the game just becomes easier and they only need the others to do small amounts. Force the others to beat us. That's what I would do if I was Tim Banks. Flip the script, Jason. Huge loss not having Nolan Smith in that football game. It's a win for Tennessee, but he's in that conversation with B.J. Jalari, Will Anderson Jr. right there on the edge, uh, leading TFLer, TFLer, tackles for loss, getter, <laughs> it's sacks, it's a sacker. Uh, anyway, that's poor English, but he he's not playing. Uh, but they still got some good linebackers, man. I mean, Georgia's good. Georgia's got some good defensive backs. I don't think they're as well up front as they were last year. Still good. Um, but they got good linebacker play with Small Munden and uh, JDJ is what they call him right there in the middle. What have you seen from this Georgia defense? And it, it, tell me if I'm wrong here. I think Tennessee will go and I think Tennessee will score 30 points because that, that's what Tennessee does. Um, will they score 50? I don't know. They can, but I don't know. Georgia's good. But I, I think the key matchup in this game is Tennessee's defense against Georgia's offense because I, I there's no reason to doubt Alex Golis, Josh Heupel, and and Hendon Hooker with the way this offense is rolling right now, just regardless of who you're playing. You know, I mean, it's the same old story offensively. You, I mean, you, you want to win on first down, uh, especially with this offense, because it kind of speeds up the tempo and allows this this offense to go in hyperspeed, especially after you pick up the first first, first down. Um, their front is not as good as they were last year, but they're talented, uh, no doubt about that. This offensive line, and this is why it's important to win on first down, because when it's third down and long, you need more time just to get the ball down the field past the sticks. Um, but when it's medium, man, it makes the defense have to guard and think about covering really all the parts of the field and not just worrying about uh, the sticks. This offensive line did a, good, a great job against LSU versus Ojolari, did a great job against Alabama uh, versus Will Anderson. And that's that's the key here. Uh, and it will be the key on Saturday. Darnell Wright is playing his best football of his career. You look at J.J. Crawford. You look at Gerald Mincy on the left side of the – line of scrimmage, and, and they play very, very well. Spragans is an absolute dog up front. Cooper Mays is doing his thing, uh, and Jerome Carvin 
uh, is the uncle on the line of scrimmage that uh, ain't having it either. So this offensive line is the reason why Tennessee is picked by some experts and some some coaches in this league uh, anonymously, anonymously, forget the word. That's bad <laughs> English too. Uh, but it's the reason why they're picked to win this game, man. It's the offensive line and up front. And last year, look at the look at the game last year. Like Tennessee was, whoo, Tennessee was dominated up front. Yeah, you know, in, in that game. So um, it's the reason, man. It's the reason why Tennessee can win those games. It's the offensive line uh, and the trench in the trench play. All right, guys. We've reached the end of the VFL Players Lounge, so you know what I'm about to ask you coming up here. Later today, 3.30, Tennessee. Also, people have been calling me out. I'll release this Friday evening, so if you're listening to this on Friday, it's tomorrow, but intended for a game day podcast. One of the coolest scenes that I think I've ever been a part of in covering football was this scene at LSU. You got Spragans <laughs> going over there grabbing the flag, and He's just celebrating. He's celebrating with all those Tennessee fans that suck around. A massive win on the road. Uh, really, really cool stuff to see and just kind of witness there. So my question for you guys, Tennessee going to go down there and quote-unquote pull off the upset as the number one ranked team in the country. What do you see happening today for Tennessee and Georgia? You can give us a score prediction or bowl prediction, kind of whatever you, whatever your thoughts are for this game. Jonathan, you can go first if you wouldn't mind. Honestly, you know what I would like? I would love a defensive matchup. I, I would love a defensive game because I feel like we would just explode at some point and then it would just get out of hand. I really would. If we could keep it. Um, I don't want them scoring a lot. I don't want to see Bowers. <laughs> I, don't, I, just, I don't want them to get going. I, I, I want us to be, I, I want us to keep what we got going. Um, the, 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 the 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 energy we have, the speed we have, the tempo. I know what that pressure is like when we put up thirty points really fast, man. It's a scary sight. That you know, you have to change everything you're doing. Let me see. If I had to pick a score, I don't want to pick a score again because I was so wrong the last time. That's just what makes it fun, though. That's tough. All right, I'll go thirty-three twenty-four. Balls. 33-24, that would be hitting the under, which is at 66 right now, but that is a Tennessee win, more importantly. Jason Swain, what do you think today is going to be like for Tennessee and Georgia? Man, I got I got Tennessee winning. Uh, I don't, can, I, can I do score predictions and stuff? As a, Probably not. As a don't mess with up, Oh, yeah, yeah man, that's a good point. Now you continue to – your yeah. resume keeps getting bigger yeah, and bigger. Bro. I guess not. You're too, you're too big but, time for that. You can't, can't say that. Can't, yeah, I can't do score predictions, man. I think Tennessee wins, though. Ooh. That was me trying to get Swain in trouble there, obviously. Yeah, yeah nah. I, got, I got I think Tennessee is going to hey, get done, man. This is cool stuff, though. As, as two former players, you've been waiting a long time, you know, for Tennessee to be playing big-time games like this. They've done it against Florida. They did it against Alabama. Going on the road to LSU, that was fun. But, hey, for I, I've said this like four times already this year. The, the entire college football landscape, the entire college football world, all eyes between the hedges in Athens, Tennessee, and Georgia – should be an incredible atmosphere. You guys are looking uh, at your chops here, wanting to get in that action. I can feel it. But uh, anyway, it should be fun, guys. Appreciate it, as always. Jason Swain, Jonathan Wade, thank you for joining us here on the Volquest Game Day podcast. And uh, enjoy the day, guys. You too. Have a good one. See you. Go balls. All right. That is Jonathan Wade and Jason Swain right here on the VFL Players Lounge. Big shout-out to 
the Volunteer Club, powered by Spire Sports, for making this possible. And as always, you can follow me on Twitter at underscore Caner. Follow us on VolQuest on Twitter, VolQuest underscore on three, and hit us up on the general quarters, our live game day thread. It's going to be happening throughout the game. Thousands of Tennessee Volunteer fans will be in there with you. We're going to keep you updated all throughout the day, Tennessee and Georgia. Man, it should be an incredible atmosphere. Can't wait to see what it looks like. Tennessee and Georgia, 3.30. And uh, we'll have coverage all on the front page, general quarters, throughout the uh, entire weekend at VolQuest.com. Don't forget, $1 for one year. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that like button. And please subscribe to the channel. This has been another edition of the VFL Players Lounge. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.